Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Oklahoma's Kyler Murray says he'll devote 100% of his efforts to being an NFL quarterback. And, of course, he had to declare that he is fully committed in a statement that he released on Monday. Now he'll likely be a first-round pick. He did not mention the A's in his statement, but he's going to have to gear up almost all that money he got from baseball. So big news in the NFL. We'll talk about the impact that might have on the draft and the Bucks. And other big news, the Cleveland Browns have signed former Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt to a one-year contract. We'll tell you why the Bucks did not pursue Hunt and what their plans are at the running back position. And the Rays, pitchers and catchers report today in Port Charlotte. First workout is Wednesday. We'll introduce you to one of the newest members of the Rays pitching staff, Emilio Pagan. He's uh, the guy they got in a trade from the Oakland A's. Good kid from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we'll uh, interview him in just a minute. We got all that and so much more on this edition of Sports Day. Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, do you want to be a millionaire? For 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Now, you guys have a choice in air conditioning companies. I'm telling you right now that Millionaire is the best one locally that you can get. They're currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of this great offer on brand new quality train air conditioning units or to schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 and do that today. Trust the masters of comfort, Millionaire. All right, so Steve, you knew this was coming. Uh, Oklahoma's Kyler Murray had to make a decision, or so it seemed. Uh, it was going to be difficult for him to do both, at least as far as how that would affect uh, his potential draft status in the NFL. But he has declared in a uh, statement that he released on Twitter, I guess, or Instagram, one of those things, I think it was Twitter, um, that he is going to now devote 100% of all his efforts into becoming an NFL quarterback. And that's big news, certainly for the Oakland A's, um, you know, who made him a high draft pick and, and had uh, committed about $5 million uh, to him. Now, he's not going to get to uh, really keep uh, any or all of that money, really, to be honest with you. I think he's, uh, according to ESPN, he forfeits uh, $3.16 million that was due to him on March 1st. He's got to return a million two nine of the $1.5 million signing bonus that he was given last year. And, uh, you know, he still stays part of the A's. He, the A's still own his rights, um, but they're not going to get a compensatory draft pick. I mean, this is a big deal for the Oakland A's for, for using this on Tyler Murray, and it was a risk. And, and most people thought, I think, initially that Murray would go with baseball. Um, certainly a longer career, those sort of things. He's a five-tool player, allegedly. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, football was too much of his passion. You know, he likes baseball. He loves football, and he loves playing the quarterback position. And there's been other players that have had to decide or kind of went back and forth. Of course, you know, the most famous ones being Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. I don't know that he's in their league necessarily uh, on, on the baseball side or either side. Well, that remains to be seen. But I think the position of quarterback, Steve, is what – is what makes him unique in that 
Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, has been in the spotlight, of course, won the Heisman Trophy, had great years uh, at Oklahoma. And, you know, at the end of the day, Kyler Murray's being told that if he commits to football, that now the National Football League will look at him as a certain first-round pick. I don't think he's going to go uh, in the second round. He's going to go in the first round and maybe, maybe as high as the top ten. He'll now go to the combine uh, where the measurement measurables will not be that great in terms of his height. Still waiting to see if he even makes it to 5'9". He could easily become uh, one of the shortest quarterbacks in the NFL in NFL history. But the game has evolved, and the guy has sort of a little bit of a magic touch to him, you know, with his ability to run and throw, very accurate guy. Um, not as big as, uh, say, Russell Wilson, but sort of, sort of in that vein in terms of how special he is and the kind of leader that he is. And I just think he enjoys, you know, the idea of going into the NFL and, and being somebody's franchise quarterback. And you can't blame him, really, because, I mean, you go from playing in front of 80,000, 90,000 people in Oklahoma every Saturday and, and being, you know, in a, in a Power 5 conference like that in the Big 12 uh, to, to maybe in baseball, you know, going to a Class A team, say, somewhere in, you know, Iowa um, where you're playing in front of 2,000 people. So, I mean, I, I get it. I get why he's going the football route. Well, I mean, look, the A's took a chance on him, signed him, gave him four to five million dollars in bonuses. Mm-hmm. But a year ago, did you know who Kyler Murray was? Not as well as I do now. I mean, did anyone <laughs> did anyone honestly believe that he would take the Oklahoma offense to higher levels than Baker Mayfield did? No, no. I mean, so I think back a year ago, a year ago, baseball was a no brainer for him. Sure, but. Do you want to go to the NFL where you're going to – he's going to be a first-round pick. I mean, at worst case, someone's no going to trade up in late in the first round to take him to get a fifth year of rights to him. Yeah. Well, now that he's committed to football, there's no – I think the one thing that might have prevented that would just be because they wouldn't be sure if he was all in uh, in uh, on football. In a quarterback position, it's not one that you can play part-time. So, yeah, I think this – I think he was told, look, if you'll, if you'll choose football and, and forget baseball, and devote yourself 100% to playing quarterback, there are a number of teams. I mean, look, uh, who's the coach now at Arizona from uh, from Texas Tech? Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has said before he became the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and, of course, they already have a quarterback they took in the first round a year ago, but he said, I would take Kyler Murray number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I mean, he might. You know, and he might still. I mean, yeah, they, he they might could trade Josh Rosen. Trade Josh Rosen someplace and say, you know what, I, I want my guy instead of the guy instead of the guy somebody else picked. So uh, all that's even possible. But this can only help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this sense that, you know, sitting at number five, we don't know what the consensus number of great players are, right? There's always the quarterbacks usually get pushed up, and we don't know who that's going to be, whether it's Andrew Locke or the kid from Ohio Dwayne State. Haskins. We, we, we don't know if Haskins is going to be number one. But somewhere in the top five, even though none of those teams need quarterbacks, I always say this, forget about who's picking there. Forget about the team that's actually choosing or has that pick now, but value the player in the position ahead of that. And, and eventually those teams will trade out of there and the player will go where he's supposed to go. Now, I don't think any of these quarterbacks would have gone ahead very far ahead of, of last year's class, for example, but there it's just the value of that position and somebody's gonna be intrigued and I don't know if if they'll be intrigued at number five for Murray but certainly um you know the Bucks are going to be in position where they can move back I think uh and there will be a number of teams looking for quarterbacks and Murray will be I would predict that Murray will go certainly in the top 20 but maybe even as high as number 10 
Um, and again, I don't have the list in front of me of who picks there, but I, I think there are going to be some teams kind of jockeying around and, and trying to figure out exactly where, uh, where he's going to be. He's still a quarterback and I cannot imagine, I mean, if he becomes the, the top quarterback in the, in the draft this year, I can't imagine it's going to take till pick 10 till someone takes a quarterback. I just don't know. He's going to be the number one pick. I don't know uh, if he I will still... be. And I think the combine's going to affect a lot. And then absolutely. You, absolutely. you know, I mean, who thought Baker Mayfield was going to be the top pick last year? Well, that's a great point. Uh, although, it as you got as closer, it, as you got closer, it became that way. But going before the combine, did anyone think Baker Mayfield was going to be number one pick? It was Rosen and Darnold; those were the two. Yeah, they were more NFL ready. That was what everybody said um, in some instances. But uh, and again, he was not a guy that that had all the measurables. Although he's certainly taller than Kyler Murray. But you know, I mean, there's still going to be. The NFL has always been a consensus league, and what I mean by that, the way you keep your job in the NFL if you're a GM or, or a personnel guy is the yeah, but. Um, you build consensus with other GMs and other personnel guys, and you talk to them, and then, then they, you know, they go out there in, in their underwear, and they measure them, and they weigh them, and you get the true measurements of how tall they are, how much they weigh, you know, what, what their hand size is, all that stuff. And then you can say, well, look, this guy, was 6'4", 220 pounds, he threw the ball like, or he bench-pressed this many, he ran a 440 in this. And so, you know, all those, all those numbers and all those measurables are what validate your decision to take player X, even though maybe he's not as good as a guy that doesn't have those things like a Kyler, Kyler Murray. So, you know, with Murray, like I said, five years ago, maybe even less, there's no way he's going in the first round simply because people weren't going to trust that a guy his size can function in the, in the NFL. you got to win from the pocket. You have to do it a certain way. Well, now you see the Lamar Jacksons and you see Baker Mayfields and, and sort of where the offense is going and how it's migrating from the college game to the NFL. And you say to yourself, well, he's, you know, he's throwing over guys that are six foot four now and six foot five in college football. Why couldn't he do that in the NFL? Well, you're also um, seeing quarterbacks being protected, so a smaller quarterback doesn't get hit as that's much. That's right. That's right. So, you know, and, and he's able to move. You know, he's not a guy that's uh, that's necessarily a, a big scrambler. He can run, but maybe he can run himself out of harm's way and not, not take big hits. I mean, he's going to have to learn how to protect himself. But I get it. It's like I, I totally expected this. For me personally, having been close to football and played baseball my whole life, I think you're certifiably in, insane to play football over baseball if you have anywhere comparable talent you should always go baseball see i just dis- i disagree career. i disagree at this point baseball's littered with guys like him that never make it to the majors well that you're again, gonna sit cap- riding you're gonna sit riding a bench for three years or riding a bus for three years in the minors the nfl is a quarterback with in a league now that values quarterbacks and protects quarterbacks he's gonna make more money quickly potentially baseball he can make more but Tim well, T- Tim Tebow's even showing you can go back to baseball later. You couldn't do that to football. If you still have if you still have your brains with you, I mean Tim oh, Tebow's sure. probably not going to make it to the major leagues unless it's just a you know a he I, he'll, New York he's Mets. got a good shot to make the majors this year. Maybe not the whole season. He's starting in AAA no, at least this year. I get it, but for any other organization, I don't think you're going to see him. It's just the Mets are so devoid of talent right now that 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 you know that they'll need him as a selling point, and he'll probably get his chance. You seen I what mean, Tim look, Tebow's done in the minors? He's a legit he's, minor league player. He's, he's a, you're right. You said it. He's I a mean, legit I, mean I don't know what he could do with the big league, but player. I mean, he's not being promoted up through the Mets system. I mean, maybe in part of his name, but he is earning it. He's earned it a little bit. Yeah, he's also thirty something years old, is he sure, not? Sure. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's like they'll be doing a movie called The Rookie on him pretty soon. But but I digress. We're not talking about Tebow. I, I think that I know what you're saying. What 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 my what my parameter when I went on that statement was mm-hmm. if you're as good in baseball as you are in football. OK, now we don't know because I mean, quite frankly, we don't know that Murray can play quarterback in the National Football League yet. No, um, we don't. he'll get five as a first round pick. He'll get a five year contract. The fifth year is not guaranteed. They'll have to pick up a club option. So you got four years. You'll make about eighteen million dollars in those four years. Okay, eighteen, nineteen million. Mm-hmm. That so fifth year though money. is going to be worth over twenty million, if depending the club where you're drafted. Gar- around if you depending get, where you're drafted. If the club picks up your option in five years, now hey, that didn't happen for Josh Freeman, and he had a couple good years. Um, it doesn't always happen. I'm just saying it doesn't always happen. You're not guaranteed that. And so, you know, financially, maybe it's a wash or maybe, you know, if you get to the fifth year, you do better in football than you would in baseball. I don't know. I'm just saying if you're as good in baseball, yes, it will take you one or, or two or three years to get to the majors. But once you do, I mean, you know, if, if you're a you know, a franchise infielder, a five-tool player that can play 15 years in, in baseball. I mean, just the risk alone, you know. I mean, look, that game, I don't care. The closer you get to that game, and I know what you're saying about they protect quarterbacks and you can't hit them low, you can't hit them high, you can't get – you know what? You're still standing on a freeway, man. It's still a dangerous sport. And um, guys do do get hurt, even quarterbacks, even though you're mm-hmm. not allowed to hit them in certain places. Um, I'm just saying there's just, lots of baseball first-round draft picks that never reach the majors. Sure there are, and there's a lot of quarterbacks in the first round that that always suck and don't make it to a second contract. Yeah, but how, if they make – if they're a first-round quarterback, which we believe Kyler Murray will be now that he's committed million to dollars. it. Okay, that's more than he'd make in baseball million. if he doesn't make the majors. Well, absolutely. But, again, I'm saying let's – we have to assume that baseball's right and that he's a major league player. That in two or three years he's going to be up there and play a 15, 15 season. I mean, they say the guy's a five two player. I've never, I've not seen anything but highlights of him. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other part of I'm this, just look, saying look, he's going to make money. He's going to make money in either sport. If football's his passion, then he's made well, the right decision the for himself. Well, that's what that's what he's doing it for because he he loves football and and you can't play football unless you love it. I mean, that's not a sport that's for the faint of heart. And I, again, I think it's different that you're the quarterback. If you're a running back. Or a defensive back like Deion Sanders, there's only so many plays you can impact the game. You know what I mean? If you're the quarterback, you're the face of a franchise. There's only 32 of those jobs in the world. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, you're one of nine on a baseball team. You're the guy on an NFL team if you're the quarterback. If you've got the ball and they take you in the first round, you're on the stadium. You know what I mean? That's a different deal. And, you know, the juice is different. I mean, football players are different anyway. I mean, I, I've just, I'm just telling you, man, the sports are so incredibly different that, of course, it's absurd to think you can be so talented to, to be able to play both at a major league level, at a pro level. Like, stupid, right? I mean, how many, how many what is it, less than 1% of people in college ever even get a shot to play professionally? So, you know, you're the best of the best already. And winning the Heisman and doing the things he's done, there's going to be a lot of intrigue on this guy. Uh, he's going to have, he's going to have a little bit of. Uh, people are going to expect him to bring some magic, and I think, I think he can. I think he can. I really do. I mean, I don't think it he's depends. Go it to depends the, on who takes him. 
He's going to have to get in the right place, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be the Giants' cup of tea necessarily. Although I'd love to see him and Saquon Barkley in the same backfield. Good lord! Wow. Yeah, but there's going to be plenty of other opportunities for him. Um, you know, teams, teams trying to rush up and and and, and that only helps the Bucks because they're sitting there at five. We know they need multiple players. You know, it's a pretty good draft. Maybe they can move down a few spots if somebody comes up to get, you know, a Murray or another quarterback that gets pushed up. And if those quarterbacks do go ahead of Tampa Bay, it's only going to push better players to them uh, at number five. So this was a good development. It was a good day for the Bucks until, of course, they got to play him. <laughs> and then maybe they won't be so excited. Well, let's hope he goes to the AFC. Should the Bucks consider Kyler Murray? Give us a call. <laughs> that would be a whole show. I mean, you know, you're sitting here with Jameis Winston. You got one and done, right? I mean, this is it. Make or break. So what if he, what if he fails? Should you take a quarterback now? I think based on what Bruce Arians has come out and said and how full-fledged support he's given Jameis, if you took a quarterback in the first round or even the second round, can't do it. It would all be, you know, now all of a sudden that you know, that Doesn't confidence die. in J- Jameis isn't going to believe that, you know, this coach has his back. He's looking over so, his shoulder. Look, the fans are ready to move on. If the organization's ready to move on from Jameis, then sure, go ahead. If you find the guy you think is the future. But yeah. I think based but, on how full-throated his defense and, and backing Jameis is at this point, I don't think you're going to see them take a quarterback early. 100% correct. He would not be the coach if they had any intentions of using a first-round pick on, on a quarterback, in my opinion. Um, subject to change, of course. <laughs> we got it's a long way to the draft. Anything could happen, you know. Um, hopefully, nothing off the field, but we'll see. Uh, other, also, in, in really big uh, football news, and that that was a big one to say the least. But the Cleveland Browns, we knew that a team was going to take at least I did was going to take Kareem Hunt at some point, right? Somebody was going to take that chance, give him a second chance. Uh, of course, if you remember this uh, horrible video that surfaced uh, back in February of uh, 2018 of him uh, shoving and kicking a woman uh, in, a, in a, some incident they had in some Cleveland hotel. That that came to light, and, of course, that led to his release by the Chiefs in October. Uh, so he's been out of football, but you just figured that somebody was going to say, you know what, let's bring him aboard. Now, here's the situation. As soon as you sign him and, and, and the Browns intend to or have to a one-year deal – now the NFL uh, is already investigating that incident and, and two other incidents, I guess, that weren't uh, uh, did not involve a woman necessarily, but other uh, other incidents uh, of violence or whatever. And so he's facing more than likely a, a baseline of a six-game suspension. So, you know, you're taking the player, you're recognizing that he's got work to do, and, and apparently he's already done some counseling and things like this. Uh, and anticipate anger management, alcohol treatment, that sort of thing. But there are three incidents involving involving uh, him, Hunt, under review. And so you're saying, we want the guy, we'll bring him to training camp, we'll let the NFL make their decision, and whenever he's th- through serving his suspension, we want Kareem Hunt, we want to give him this shot. And, you know, it makes sense that it was John Dorsey since he was in Kansas City when the Chiefs drafted Hunt. You know, he had some statements saying he understands how uh, the Cleveland fan base may may react um, because of the things that that, uh, that is on videotape, which are abhorrent. So it's not it's not an easy signing, man. You know, I've always said you got to have the press conference. You have to stand there and say, "Hey, we we believe in this guy, and we're gonna for, we're not gonna 
forget about it. He's going to pay his price, but um, we're going to give him a second chance, and that's what John Dorsey has done. Now, a lot of people have asked me over uh, really since Kareem Hunt was released, hey, why don't the Bucks pick him up? I mean, here's a team that has not had a 1,000-yard rusher in about three seasons, struggles to run the ball. They were last, uh, next to last in the NFL with 3.9-yard average as a team. You know, Peyton Barber averaged 3.7 yards a carry. I think that ranked 40th for guys with minimum carries of 100. So that's not very good. And then, and then you know, you had Ronald Jones that the Bucks drafted in the second round from USC. He was supposed to be the big explosive guy, and he completely fizzled out, really did absolutely nothing the entire year, um, much to the shock and dismay of the Bucks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So here they are with an opportunity to get a game breaker like Kareem Hunt. You just got to have to be able to accept uh, all that comes with that and the fact that you're not going to have the player potentially for six weeks. But they decided to pass. And and I've, you know, look, I've talked to people over there and, 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 and whether I don't care if people want to believe me or not, it's a thing. And John Romano has written about it and I mentioned it in my story. But, but on several levels, there's, there's a couple things to, to unpack here with Kareem Hunt. First and foremost is it's a heinous videotape and it's an ownership question. You know, only an owner ownership group, an owner can make this decision with Kareem Hunt because it's awful, you know, to sit there and watch him uh, abuse a female and kick her while she's on the ground and this sort of thing. A lot of people would feel, and, and rightfully so, that, you know what, there are certain things that a, an NFL player or an employee doesn't deserve a second chance after doing something like that and uh, don't want somebody like that associated with their football team because this is a public trust. This is not, yeah, yeah, the, the Glazers own the football team, but they're played in Tampa. These are their fans. They want their fans to like the players. Um, you could have, you know, women's groups. You could have all kinds of inviting all kinds of scrutiny. And, oh, by the way, okay, on top of that, it's not like you haven't gone through a few things with your quarterback, okay? And, and in fact, are still, in a way, going through them. I mean, it was just this past year, your quarterback was suspended for what the NFL investigated and determined was inappropriate contact uh, and sexual abuse against an Uber driver on top of what came out of Florida State and the vetting they did with him there. So this would be even, I think, harder in some ways. And look, a lot of people may not agree with that. They may think, ah, that's, that's stupid. It's a thing. It really is a thing. You know, you just you just can't continue to take chances on players, and, and not the least of which is uh, putting putting the whole Jameis thing aside and all of that, and Kareem Hunt or, or his background aside. What do they think of the running backs they have now? And this might be spin on the part of the Bucks. It may well be, um, but I'm told at least that Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and some others over there really think a lot of Peyton Barber. Um, and, 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 and even more so 
they want to get Ronald Jones going. They are not giving up on Ronald Jones. And and I I tossed that out there, you know, on on Twitter when I did a blog post about this and people are like, "Really? I've seen enough." Well, you haven't and the Bucks haven't because what confounds them is when they put on the USC tape and they see this guy rush for 3500 yards and have big play and like, you know, 40 touchdowns, huge long runs, all this stuff just a year or so ago at USC against, you know, quality competition. And then then they see him, you know, as a rookie in the NFL, and he doesn't rush for 50 yards. And it's like he's getting hit in the backfield. Now, they've looked at every run. There were a lot of misfits. There were a lot of breakdowns, a lot of, a lot of things that he could not control. But he lost his confidence. And I've, I've never seen a running back because it's the most instinctive sort of position, you know, that translates quickly to the NFL. Yeah, the passing game and the, and the pass protection and catching the ball, like he never did that. He actually improved on that during the year. But what he lost was his ability to run the ball. It was the weirdest thing. It's the damnedest thing anybody's ever seen. I've talked to, talked to Dirk Cutter about it and others. Um, it's just like not only did he lose his confidence a little bit, but his teammates lost his, their confidence in him. So they've got to get that back. They've got to find a way to get Ronald Jones going. And they believe in the guy, and they need they have to believe in him because, hell, they drafted him in the second round. They can't just throw him away at age 21 years old. So they're going to go with Barber and, and certainly with Ronald Jones, and then we'll see who else they add to that mix, whether Jack was Rogers comes back or whatever. But with Hunt, too many risks, and uh, they still believe that they're in better shape with, with the two guys they got. So finally, uh, we were at the uh, Race Fan Fest on Saturday, had a chance to talk to a number of players and coaches. Mark Tompkin was along with us. Uh, you're going to hear him uh, in this interview as well. Um, and one of the guys that, were, uh, that we were able to interview and, and actually kind of be introduced to, if you will, uh, is a right-handed pitcher, Emilio Pagan. Uh, he's a young player that they got from the Oakland A's. Uh, the A's got him from Seattle. He was a 10th round pick. He went to a little division two college in North Carolina. Uh, he's from, uh, South Carolina actually, uh, grew up in Greenville. I, I guess now he lives sort of in the Charlotte area, but you, you know, he, he's, he's an interesting, he looks like he's about 16 when you, when you see him, I think he's around 25 or 26 or 27, somewhere in there. But really, uh, a guy that that played third base in college and and pitched and and you know, the arm was was pretty good. Has a wipeout slider. A uh, guy that was up and down a little bit with the A's, but could be a back of the bullpen guy um, if he gets his stuff going. Or, of course, we know that that the Rays certainly like the whole idea of using uh, some of the young pitchers as openers. And I think I think Pagan would fit that. He really came burst on the scene when he uh, got invited to play for Puerto Rico, which is his heritage in the world baseball classic. And so, you know, got to pitch a little bit in that, some of the, you know, some of the mop up duties, but uh, did real well. And, and uh, you know, just that, that's sort of how he got noticed and, and made it to the majors certainly after that. So you look at this race pitching staff and, and how they're going to settle their bullpen. And uh, of course with the, the starters they have in Blake Snell and Charlie Morton and uh, Tyler Glass now, and then probably with two openers after that, uh, you figure that Emilio will uh, will certainly play a big role. So here's our interview with Emilio Pagan. Welcome, I guess, to your first Rays Fan Fest anyway. I know it's a new ball club for you, but uh, I guess this is sort of the time of year where you realize baseball's back, you're going to be out there, and uh, and now you're, you're Tampa Bay Ray. Yeah, very exciting. I'm uh, very excited to be here and 
and happy to be here and for the opportunity. So tell us about uh, uh, sort of what you think you'll bring uh, to this ball club. Obviously, you've done a lot of work uh, in late relief, um, you know, both with the Mariners and, and in the A's last year. Um, where do you see your role? And, uh, and we can talk a little bit about the opener uh, concept that they have going here. In yeah. Tampa. Um, you know, I've, I've done a ton of different roles so far at the big league level. And, uh, you know, whatever one I slot into or, you know, whatever one works out for the club, then that's what I want to do. And, and I know they use their bullpen a little bit different here. And I'm excited about that. I, I, we did it a little bit in Oakland at the end of the year after Tampa uh, implemented it and had good success over there and it was fun i threw in the first inning a couple times um and, and it, it made the first inning kind of feel like a late inning outing uh which brings the best out of pitchers in my opinion so um I, we got a good thing going and i'm excited to be a part of it is that for a pitcher and somebody that's worked out of the bullpen when you when you start a game how how does that change sort of how you approach it i mean you're going to go out there and just let it go you know you're maybe an inning maybe two maybe three hitters I mean, is it similar to coming in in the middle of a game or at the end of a game? Um, it might be different for some people. For me, it, I, I kind of have a tough time of dialing the, the lever down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, even, you know, in college I started some, and even then I was kind of a max effort guy, and that's, that's just kind of my personality on the mound. So yeah. um, my a- approach to, the, to pitching doesn't really change no matter what role I'm in. So um, I think it should be a pretty easy transition. You're probably well prepared because you have a situation here where there's guys who have started one game, closed the next game, or closed the night before and started the next day. So uh, do you have any type of ritual that you would impact, you know, what you do, or you kind of come to the park every day the same way? I mean, some starting pitchers, we know what they do. I mean, you got to go drive <laughs> the same road, got to eat the same lunch, got to yeah. wear the same socks. Yeah, no, I don't have any crazy rituals. Um, I say a prayer behind the mound before I start each inning, and uh, that's really the only thing that, that I use to kind of lock me in. Um, just thanking the Lord for my opportunity and, and trying to keep me safe. Those comebackers are a little scary sometimes. But uh, <laughs> other than that, no, I just try and um, get as many outs as possible. What uh, it, It's always interesting when a guy gets traded because obviously you didn't wake up that day thinking you'd be traded. What was that day like? How would you find out? And, and, you know, what was your immediate reaction? Um, I got a text from my agent saying, hey, there might be a trade in the works. And um, I asked him what team, and he said, well, there's multiple teams. So I had an idea. I was getting <laughs> traded. I didn't know what, you know, where to. Right. Um, I was super pumped when I found out it was Tampa. Um, being on the East Coast, closer to family. Um, obviously a very young and exciting ball club that, in my opinion, is quickly on the rise. Um, and I think we're going to make some noise this year. I was, on a, I was in a young club last year with Oakland, and nobody picked us to get to the playoffs. And uh, Tampa was just behind us, so. Um, you know, hopefully this year we can get over the hump and get back to the playoffs where, where this team belongs. Gotcha. Who's the first person you let know after you heard about the trade? Uh, I called my wife. Uh, I was working out when the trade went down and called my wife and told her, said, hey, I got to, you know, give you some bad news. You're going to be stuck <laughs> by the beach a little bit this year. And so <laughs> she was devastated. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. She was, she was very excited. And then uh, after my wife, I called my parents and then uh, called my agent and told them that it was official. So, uh, but, yeah, that was it. Well, you're back in the Eastern Time Zone. Of course, you uh, uh, grew up, I guess, in, in South Carolina, Greenville uh, area, and then, yes, and then went to college in North Carolina. So that part, you're a little closer to home, right? Yes, which sir. Is, which is something that's got to be a bonus. Um, when you went to the A's last year, uh, the slider you're known for, pretty much a, your, your out pitch, a wipeout slider. Um, there was a time when they, where they sent you down, you worked on some things. What was it that got you back into a rhythm that you, that you had for the rest of the year? 
that slider. Yeah, uh, was that it? Yeah, early on, I, I you know I was being I was able to throw the the slider, you know, on top of the plate, the, the put away slider or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But um, I wasn't able to land it for a strike, so it made the put away slider not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hitters just didn't have to uh, honor it and respect it coming out of the hand. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in 2017 in Seattle, that's what was really good for me was I could throw that slider at any time, and uh, so I made some adjustments. I actually called Ryan Yarbrough, which is a familiar name to fans here. Sure. Um, we played together in Double A and High A with the with the Mariners. And um, I asked him, you know, you know, this cutter that you're throwing, teach me. I want, I want to know what it is. So um, he showed me the grip that that co- that Coach Snyder showed him, and uh, so I took it and ran with it, and it was a lot better for me down the stretch. Um, I wasn't throwing as much because we had a very good bullpen with yeah. you know Juris Familia, Fernando Rodney, and then Trine and Intervino were having, in my opinion, two of the best years I've ever seen. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I did get in there, I felt a lot better with that cutter, and it and it got some quicker routes for me. When did you actually get with him to be able for him to show you? Um, I called him a couple times, um, and then here in Tampa, he showed me the grip, and I was playing around with throwing it back into the bucket during BP, and it, it felt good. And I, I actually used it that night um, here in Tampa, and I got a couple outs with it, so it was a good feeling. Probably good, like you didn't use that to get the final out to eliminate them in a game or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Trinan, Trinan was doing his job closing doors, so uh, nobody else really had a shot at that. <laughs> I got you. What time have you spent with Kyle uh, since you since you joined the Rays, and, and what what has he uh, told you about your your role or your opportunity? I've spent some time with him. He he's been awesome so far. Uh, he came to see me in Charlotte when I got traded, and uh, watched me throw a bullpen and just kind of got to know each other, which was awesome. Um, you know, everybody that I know over here, I think I had 12 or 13 former teammates on the roster. So wow. um, everybody spoke very highly of everybody uh, in the front office and on the coaching staff. So um, it's a good feeling to know that everybody's, you know, in your corner. And uh, I've thrown a couple more bullpens this past week in, in Port Charlotte, just working with him and, and some of the analytical guys on, you know, what pitches might pair better with my fastball. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been um, very impressive to see all the information that we have at our at our fingertips and uh it's exciting for sure what uh you won't have your first spring training in florida right yes first one have you heard it's a little different than arizona a little little more rundown a little more travel (laughs) i've heard um but like i said i'm I'm very happy to be here and pumped about the opportunity so i'm not going to complain about anything (laughs) so they're happy to be here guys don't worry about the bus rides no no exactly yeah exactly (laughs) cool well, I think uh, if you look at this pitching staff, it's 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 a obviously with Charlie Morton, it's a little bit of a mix now, but it's a bunch of young guys starting, you know, with Blake Snell. I mean, what's it like to be a part of a, of a growing group of guys? I mean, the one thing about the Rays and Mark knows this. I mean, they've been committed to their own players and developing them and and and, and you know putting them in there. Yeah, no, this pitching staff is is impressive, and you know I'm sure the fans here know that it, it's fun to watch. And if baseball doesn't know, they will know quickly because there's. There's a lot of guys that run it up to 100, you know, and uh, hitters don't like to hit 100. So uh, it, it's fun. It's it's awesome to be a part of and uh, to have a little bit of a relationship with some of the guys. Like I know Diego Castillo pretty well. I played in the fall league with him. I mentioned Ryan Yarborough. So, um, and I've met a bunch of guys in Port Charlotte this week, and everybody, you know, is on board about getting back to the playoffs and, and, and doing some damage. So it, it, it's been a lot of fun getting to know guys and, um Hopefully we can build off of what they got started last year and 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 make a run at it. Your your journey is interesting because you were a guy that uh, at a Division two school, Belmont Abbey, played third base. Yep. Uh, 
got on the mound, did a really good job there. Maybe too good of a job. Uh, what was the what was the transition like from somebody that played every day? Of course, now you can potentially pitch every two or three days. Yep. But um, how much of a transition was that to uh, to just going to full time and, and, and being on the mound? Now it's it, now it's nor it feels yeah. normal. Yeah. Um, when I first got into pro ball, it was weird. It was weird going out to BP and and really not doing anything, <laughs> um, not taking ground balls, not getting in the cage. You know, not doing you know your mini drills with your with yeah. your infield coach or whatever. But um, I missed it for a little bit, and then you start seeing some of the sliders and, and the 101s and the 102s, and you're like, nah, I, that's good. I'll, I'll stay out here and, and just catch some fly balls. So um, I do miss hitting every now and then, but then you see a guy like Blake Snell, and you're like, nah, I don't miss that too much. So um, it's, been an, it's been a pretty easy transition. Yeah. Division, I mean, 10th-round pick, right? Yes, sir. you got to be proud of how fast uh, you've been able to, to make it to the majors and, and, and you know, make this – something where you got noticed right away definitely um i was i was confident in my abilities yeah. i told the i told devitt moore he was the scout that drafted me with the mariners um when he when he told me that they were going to draft me i said you know my goal is to be the first guy from this class to get to the big leagues and um that might have been a little arrogant that might have been a little naive on my opinion i didn't really know how pro ball worked but um i knew that i was going to give him my best effort and i knew that i wasn't going to back down from a challenge so um you know, it's worked out for me that approach so far, and I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to roll with it. With uh, initial impressions of the Tampa Bay area, have you been out at all and seen the beach yet? At least scouted out for your wife. <laughs> we we went to um, Inglewood down in near Port Charlotte yeah. and Venice. Um, we loved it. We've been two or three times already, and then we came early this morning to uh, just drive around the Tampa St. Pete area. Um, we love it. I mean. Hopefully we're here for a long time. That's, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I know a lot of the guys like coming to the ballpark in shorts and uh, <laughs> knowing you can leave in shorts pretty much all time of year. So it, it's usually a pretty good environment. Do you, uh, do you have any thoughts as far as just um, long term? I mean, just play and any thoughts of what you want to do afterward? Are you still at the front end for that? Uh, you know, hopefully I play long enough that I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> um, I would, you know, when I'm done playing, regardless of how long I do play, um, I would love to go back and coach at the college level. Um, Belmont Abbey was such a, a great experience for me, and if I could give a little bit of that back to the next generation of players, and, and doesn't necessarily have to be at Belmont Abbey. They got a good thing going right now. Coach Anderson's done a great job. They just had the number one recruiting class in the country for Division Two, so um, it's fun to watch them. I, I still keep up with them a lot. Um, but yeah, I would love to coach at some point, whether it's a head coach or pitching coach, whatever. You also were part of a World Baseball Classic, right? With Puerto Rico. What was, was that experience like? Man, you that did was did really awesome. well too. That was awesome. That was that was my first really big league experience. Um, and to to go from not on the forty man, not you know, not on not invited to spring training to in the same locker room with Yadier Molina and Carlos Beltran and Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor. I mean, the list goes on and on with that roster. So yeah. it was uh, it was very humbling. Um, grateful for the opportunity i threw twice two absolute blowout games um right. that were out of reach um but i wanted those innings i mean you know yeah, I, yeah. I was a double a pitcher at 25 and and that was the biggest stage i thought i may, might ever get to pitch on so i threw against venezuela and then i threw against us in the finals and man what a dream come true it was to to play in that tournament and hopefully i get the chance to play in it again it gave you the confidence to to do what you're doing now in the major league so definitely i think i think the wbc was kind of what put my name on notice with seattle um i threw well um had good stuff and uh 
it seemed like that kind of catapulted me onto the, you know, this, this might work out. So um, very grateful for the opportunity that Alex Cora and Edwin Rodriguez gave me. And, and like I said, hopefully I get a chance to do it again. Well, you might see Alex Cora from across the field this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will. So uh, he did a pretty good job last year. we got to do our best to catch him. So really enjoyed uh, getting to know Emilio Pagan. Seems like a nice kid. And, uh, you know, I think he'll help the Rays if, if he continues the sort of the track that he's been on uh, with the A's and the Mariners. And certainly they can use him in that bullpen or, like we talked about in the interview, maybe as an opener. So tonight the Tampa Bay Lightning are back in action at Emily Arena. They play Calgary. It's the best of the West of course, against the best team in hockey. So that'll be uh, it'll be something to look forward to. And then uh, later this week, I think on Friday, we're going to have Matt Baker, uh, who covers college football and motorsports for us. He's at the Daytona 500. That is this weekend. It's speed week down there in Daytona, so a chance to, uh, to talk to Matt. So lots coming up on uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay. Hey, and just remember, uh, if you guys are looking for an air, air conditioning company, you have a lot of choices out there. Let me recommend one for you that's the best, Millionaire. And right now they're offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of their great offer. And uh, you get some brand new train air conditioning uh, units or you can schedule service or maintenance call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort. Trust Millionaire. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Burstnake. Have a great day, everybody.